0: 43 verses 18 and 19 says do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old behold I will do a new thing now it shall spring forth shall you not know it I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers rivers in the desert yeah he's bursting forth in your life today I just want to speak that over you if you feel like you've been in a place of spiritual barrenness Do you feel like today you've been in a place of of spiritual unproductiveness? You feel like today that there's there's no fruit, no spiritual fruit producing from your life. Maybe you feel bound up. Maybe you feel restricted. Maybe you feel restricted today and and, and spiritual tension in your heart, in your life. It's, It's kept you from producing fruit. Bible says in Isaiah 43 and it's our word for the year and what we're declaring over our church is that he's breaking forth, he's bursting forth rivers of living water in the desert. He's bursting forth in your life today rivers, rivers of life, rivers of his presence rivers of joy, rivers of strength. If you're watching via live stream and maybe, maybe you feel dried up Maybe you feel like life is dried up, but spiritually you're dried up. There's rivers flowing for you. There's rivers of his presence. The river of God, we read it a moment ago, is full. The river of God is overflowing. The river of God is saturating the dry ground. Yeah, he's breakthrough, break forth. It's time to break forth, break through, break forth. To come out, yeah, like the like the rivers. David said, he's broken through my enemies, like the rushing of a river. He's broken through. Some of you this year need to begin to speak that over your life. My God has broken through my enemies like a river, like the breakers of a river, breaking over my life. Yeah, breaking over me. Yeah, he's <laughs> whoo, breaking, breaking breaking off the things of your past he's breaking off the things of your past he's bringing you into a new place he's bringing you into a new place road in the wilderness who wants to walk in the wilderness who wants to go out into the desert place who wants to go walking in the wilderness places but God says I'll make your wilderness a delight in the place of your barrenness, it's going to be a place of delight where no one else wants to go, where no one else will tread. I'm, I'm making your wilderness burst, fruit, burst forth with fruit and, and vegetation and life and strength. It'll be a place of delight. Your, your wilderness, where you've been walking in wilderness places. Where you've been walking in wilderness places, places of uncertainty, places of confusion, places of fear, places of turmoil, places of sickness, places of disease, places of tension. All of those things will become fruitful. They'll be a place of delight. God will take your, 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 your tension. He'll take your strife. He'll take your sickness. He'll take your disease. He'll take the, the struggle. And he's going to make it a place of his delight. He's going to turn that situation. You know, you, you may, that situation itself may not change. It may still be the a desert place. But you're going to find your delight in the Lord. The Israelites were in Babylon when when Isaiah was... They were in captivity. And Isaiah is prophesying, saying, Even in your captivity, I'm bringing to pass a new thing. Even in the place of your captivity, I'm going to bring to pass a new thing. Something you've not seen before or heard before. I'm doing a new thing. God's bringing new things. That word... By the way, Revelation 21.5. I love this verse. He who sat on the throne said... Behold, I make all things new. I'm making all things new. I love that. The word new in in Isaiah is the Hebrew word kadash. It's new, first fruits, unprecedented. It means to renew, repair, and revive. He wants to renew, repair, and revive. That word renew is that he wants to reestablish a relationship with you. That renewal, he wants to reestablish a relationship. He wants to recreate or resume with you. He's not finished. I said he's not finished. I said he's not finished with you. He wants to reestablish, resume. We were lost in our sin. We were lost in our sin, but along came Jesus, our Savior, our wonderful Counselor, our mighty God, our Prince of Peace. Along came Christ, the Savior of the world, who in the midst of our sin, in this great chasm that separated us from God, in Christ, who redeemed us, who sanctified us by His blood, and who is restoring us in our relationship with the Father. Yeah, he's restoring. Hebrews said, Hebrews, Hebrews. He's reestablishing. Hebrews 9, says, But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come. He's our high priest. Christ is our high priest. With the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. He's Emmanuel, God with us. Christ came, a, a, a more perfect high priest. Our, yeah, the high priest of the... Old Testament were were limited. They didn't understand. But Christ, our perfect high priest, one who knows us and our weaknesses, one who's acquainted with our griefs, Christ, the high priest, the perfect high priest, came in the most perfect tabernacle, Emmanuel, God with us. He came and tabernacled amongst us. We weren't worthy to come into his presence, but, but he made a way for us to come boldly before the throne of grace, this holy and perfect tabernacle, God with us. It wasn't made with hands, not of this creation, Not with the blood of goats and calves, but his own blood. But by his own blood, by his own blood, he didn't have to lay hands on a scapegoat. He was the sacrifice. He didn't have to seek the counsel of someone else to to make propitiation. He became our sacrifice to reestablish us in the Father. we've obtained, by by His blood, He entered the most holy place. He entered. There was no fear as to whether or not the sacrifice would be accepted, because He came by His own blood. He came with boldness into that that holy place. And the blood of Christ was sprinkled on the mercy seat. You know, the mercy seat uh, on the Ark of the Covenant was where the Where the presence of the Lord was said to be contained. It was it was there where the, the mercy of God, the presence of the Lord was. And Christ came. It wasn't the blood of goats that was sprinkled by the priest, but the blood of Christ was applied once and for all to the mercy seat so that you and I can obtain mercy so that you and I, of His fullness John wrote, I've received of His mercy and His grace. It's I'm drinking of His fullness. The blood of Christ has been applied for me once and for all and I've obtained what? eternal redemption I've obtained eternal redemption how much more, verse 14 how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, how much more how much more can his blood cleanse your conscience clean how much more can the blood of Jesus restore you to the Father? Yeah, if, if the blood of calves and goats was a shadow, it was a foretaste of things to come in Christ, how much more can this spotless sacrifice, how much more can the blood that was spilled on Calvary for you and I, how much more can this, this blood wash our conscience clean? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's reestablishing, reestablishing our relationship. He's renewing us. He's making all things new. He's renewing us. Some of you need to reengage in your relationship with the Lord. Your relationship's grown cold. Your relationship's grown stagnant. Don't forget, friend, don't forget the blood that was applied to the mercy seat so that you could have a a lively, joyous, full of glory relationship with the Father. Yeah, don't forget the sacrifice that was made so that you and I could come in boldly. So that you and I could come and have a relationship with the Father. Yeah, recommit yourself this year. Recommit yourself this year to dive in, to press in. Don't allow, whoo, don't allow passivity to capture your heart. Don't allow life and circumstance to keep you outside the holy place. The blood has been applied on your behalf. You can come boldly. You can come with passion. You can come with assurance before the mercy seat. Into the holy, holy, the holy, 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 holy. holy. Woo! The holy place. Woo! 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 You can come into the holy place of his presence. He's made a way. Woo! Shh. He's made a way where there was no way. Yeah! He's reestablishing his relationship with me. Woo! <laughs> Whoa! He's reestablishing with me. <laughs> Woo! Jesus. Ye <laughs> Woo! Yeah. He's recreating. He's recreating. You know, it's bad when the words start blurring. He's recreating. He, he's recreating you. He's making all things new. He's recreating. He's recreating. He's recreating. Some of you in 2017 have been a, you've been like a butterfly all wrapped up in a cocoon. 2017 was a year of preparation for you. you. You were just cocooning yourself in with the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some of you, you, you spent 2017 cocooned in. He's hemmed me in. Yeah, he's hemmed you in. You move to the right, boom. There's the Lord. You move to the left, boom. There he is. He's, he hemmed you in. Everywhere you were, you were marshmallowed. You just got it. You were everywhere you go. He was just on you and in you. He had your number. It wasn't, there wasn't one thing that you could escape with. It was like God had your number. You were, you were cocooned in. Why? Because he was making something beautiful. He hemmed you in because he was, he was recreating you. He was redefining you. You've been defined, some of you have been defined so long by your past, God had to get you hemmed in, cocooned in, in 2017, so that He could change you on the inside, in the secret place. But I got good news for you. 2 Corinthians 3.18, if that wasn't good enough. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, are being metamorphosized. Like that butterfly, we're being changed from glory to glory. We're being changed from glory to glory. You've been cocooned in this year. And God's, hes it's time. The cocoon's opening. You need to set sail. You need to step out. hes He's been changing you and transforming you into a beautiful, beautiful image. He's been redefining you. He's been making you new. It's time to bust out of the cocoon and set sail to fly. Making you new, Ephesians two eight says you're His masterpiece. For we are His workmanship. We are His masterpiece. Created, every detail of your life is the master artist at work in your life. He's been chiseling away and perfecting you, and He's placing you not as a as a prideful statue, but as a humble as a, a as a, a as a humble ministry he's setting you before others saying look at my redemptive work he's setting you he's displaying his glory <laughs> he's displaying his glory in you he's chiseled away he's working at the rough edges of your life and he's setting you as a as a, as a ministry as a testament before others of his redemptive work. Yeah, God displays his greatest display of his majesty is through the redemption of fallen man. The greatest display, yeah, creation declares his glory. Everything around us declares the glory of the Lord. But nothing, I said nothing, displays, nothing shows his glory. Like taking a fallen man or woman and redeeming them out of the pit of destruction, pulling them out of the eternal damnation, saving them and setting them free and changing them. He's changing you. You're his masterpiece. You're his masterpiece. You're his masterpiece. You're do you hear? You are his masterpiece. He's working and perfecting you. It's not by works of righteousness that we've received this, but it's by His mercy that we've received this abundant gift. It is Him, His work, and you and I. You are His masterpiece. Paul told Timothy, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some for honor, some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful for the master, prepared for every good work. You're a vessel of honor. You've been formed and fashioned to be the container, to be the ark, to be the dwelling place, to be the tabernacle, to be the temple, of his presence. You were formed. You were fashioned. To be the, the vessel. Containing his presence. You were formed. You were created. To be a vessel. Of honor. Not not because you were all. Polished and shiny. And looked great up on the shelf. No. God formed you in fashioned you to be a vessel for His presence. It's His presence that brings value to your life. A container, a vessel is useless unless it's holding something. Unless it fulfills its purpose. Your life is useless. It's pointless. Unless you become a container For that which you were created. A Ziploc bag ain't any good unless you get it out of the drawer and unzip it and put something in it and stick it in the freezer. You were created with a purpose. And until your life is filled with that purpose, it's meaningless. You fill your life with drugs. You fill your life with relationship. You fill your life with successes. You fill your life with finance. And at some point, you realize it is a broken cistern that holds no water. That's what, that's what Jeremiah said, that they have formed for themselves broken cisterns that hold no water. Until the potter comes and picks up the broken pieces of your life and fashions you and forms you into a vessel to contain his presence. It's then you have your identity. It's then you have your purpose. It's then you find I'm recreated. He's made all things new in my life. Yeah, speaking of the potter, Jeremiah 18. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, "Arise and go down to the potter's house. There I will cause you to hear my words." and I went down to the potter's house and there he was shocking there he was who? who was there? who was it that was there? who was at the potter's house? the potter when God tells you to go somewhere you better guarantee he's going to be there the potter was there and what was he doing? he was doing what potters do best he was making something He was busy making something. That's what it says. He was making something at the wheel. I didn't make that up. It's in the scripture. He was making something. We don't know what he was making. The point wasn't what he was making. The point was what the potter was doing. The vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. And so he made it again into another vessel. As it seemed good to the potter to make you know, we're, we live in a day and age where society will tell you, you've got to have the right look. Your nose has got to be a certain shape. You have to have the right eye color. You have to have the right vocal tone. You have to have the right look, the right clothes, the right amount of money. you got to have it all whatever the trend is in order to be used of the Lord. You've got to have... You've got to have an outward look. You have to have an outward appeal. You have to have all these things in order for God to use you. And we find ourselves living in fear of others based on trends. They're going to be different tomorrow. Do you hear what I'm saying? We find ourselves living in fear of others, afraid of whether or not they'll receive us or reject us based on a trend that... How many of you know, you've been around long enough, that the trends in the 80s are kind of resurfacing? God help us. Trends always circle back around. We don't base our lives on the trend. And God doesn't determine whether or not he can use us based on the trend. God has a permanent trend. He's always trending. God's always trending. He is always the top. He always sets the standard. He is the standard. And if he chose you, then he can make what he wants of your life and you'll be a vessel of honor. You've been chosen by God. But you are a chosen generation, First Peter, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who what? Who called you out of darkness. Called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Yeah, he's renewing you. He's recreating you. He wants to repair you. I'm going to fly. He's repairing you. Isaiah 61. Is anyone broken? Do you have a broken heart? Do you have broken emotions? Is your mind broken? Is your relationship broken? God is a repairer of broken walls. Jerusalem was broken down. And Nehemiah, the comforter, came. His name means comforter. The comforter, the Holy Spirit, wants to come and rebuild the ash heap of your life. He wants to take the broken ruins, the mess, the broken down walls, and rebuild your life. Yeah, he's rebuilding your life. He's repairing. He's bringing you back to the original intention, the original creation. The Spirit of the Lord is upon him. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, Acts 10, who went about doing good and healing what? Healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. He wants to repair. The broken places of your life. Maybe you're oppressed today. Maybe you're depressed, discouraged. Maybe, maybe 2017 hasn't gotten its its chain, its shackle, its ball of chain off of you. And everywhere you go, you're just dragging that thing along. God wants to repair your life, bring you out of your bondage. And He wants to revive you. He's making all things new. He wants to revive. He wants to renew, repair, and revive. He wants to revive you. Acts 3.19 says that seasons of refreshing. He wants to vivify you. He wants to enliven you. He wants to bring you back to life. Hallelujah. 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 He wants to bring you back to life. Bring you out of your lukewarm state. Bring you out of your passivity. Bring you out of, 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 of all of your mess. He wants to revive you. Seasons of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Repent. Repent, Acts three nineteen. The seasons. Everybody say seasons. seasons. Seasons of refreshing. Say refreshing. How many of you need refreshed? He wants to refresh you. He wants to hit the refresh button in your life. Some of you have been stuck on the previous screen for too long. You've been staring at all the mess and the garbage. And God wants to hit the refresh and get it back to what it needs to be. You need to refresh your screen. You need to refresh what you're looking at. Refresh what you're staring at. Some of you literally need to refresh your screen. Literally, you've been looking at. Never mind. Hit refresh. Psalms one nineteen fifty says, "This is my comfort in my affliction, for your word has revived me." His word, his promises, are reviving. He revives the humble in Isaiah 57. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a what contrite heart and a humble spirit. Ezekiel 47, my favorite. I'll wrap up with this. Everywhere the river goes. Everywhere. Say everywhere. Everywhere the river goes. There is life. There's life. Step into the rivers of revival. Step into the rivers of refreshing. Step into his joy. Step into his strength today. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you you for joining the celebration podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father,